0: Welcome to Astro Hotline. I'm your host Tess and this is the first episode ever of Astro Hotline and my first time really kind of, you know, podcasting. So I'm a little bit nervous and hopefully that this goes really smoothly and that I don't talk too fast or mispronunciate. So today's episode is really going to be focused on Gemini and the reason why I decided to, you know, create this episode based on the topic of Gemini is because one, Gemini season is coming up. I believe the sun should be entering Gemini either tonight or definitely tomorrow. So I think tonight enters around 11 or 10 o'clock p.m. Eastern Standard Time from where I'm at. Um, So yeah. And also from just kind of being on social media, Gemini is very misunderstood. It's one of those signs where it has a very bad reputation of kind of being a two-faced, a liar, you know, manipulator. And so I really wanted to create an episode where I kind of just engage those notions and really just talk about the sign. Really strengthen the core of what a Gemini represents and providing a bit of advice to all the Geminis out there listening. Because being a Gemini is very difficult and we'll get into why that is later. So what is a Gemini? A Gemini? Well, Gemini is regarded as an air and mutable sign. And so when we think of air energy, we think of people orientation, right? It's dependent on creativity, sharing ideas and alternatives. It's electric. There's nothing really kind of holding air down. And so it's always wanting something fresh and idealistic. And it's also concerned with communication, right? And so when we think of mutability, we think of Pisces, Sag, Virgo, and Gemini. And its focus is more concerned on adaptation. So they're flexible and they can kind of move through surroundings without much hesitation. And so we kind of regard them as like chameleons. And they are all about, you know, kind of, in a sense, working towards a higher good by releasing energy into something positive, something that's going to impact people. And so when we think of Pisces, it releases energy through spirituality, through charity and healing on a soul plane, so Cetarius is more concerned on spreading ideas to others, but we need to think of these ideas as very large-based, right, and very outward thinking. So things like philosophy, religion, and other theoretical frameworks. So communicating through with these larger concepts allows acceptance and higher truth. Now Virgo, similar to Pisces because they're both opposing, it's concerned about healing, but more so in a material realm. So we need to think of medicine. We need to think of service through employment or anything concerning working, right? And so Gemini being the sister sign or opposing to Sagittarius is dependent on communication and spreading ideas, but these concepts are very small, all right? So it releases energy through knowledge, through details, and spreading not only ideas, but joy and humor, most commonly through its wit. And it's focused on the mundane things of life. So we need to think of, you know, mundane as talking about the weather, talking about what we're having for dinner tonight. You know, very small-based things. It's also esoterically ruled by Venus. So Gemini has this very lightful Venetian quality to them. They're very flirtatious and very youthful, and we'll get more into that later. Um, but it's also now ruled by Mercury. So this makes them very energetic and fast-paced. Um, when we think of tarot, right? The card of the Magician is most commonly represented by both Mercury and Gemini. And so this card is all about creation. You know, particularly the creation of new new beginnings and new ideas. When you look at the card, there should be an infinite symbol. Depending on what card and what deck you use, I usually have the original one. And so there's like an infinite symbol on top of his head or right above his head. And that's supposed to be, you know, an infinite Infinite number of ideas that we should be creating and putting out into the world, right? The magician's also very tricky. I mean, he's a magician, so he's constantly moving, and like that whole saying of now you see me, and now you don't, that's very Gemini like. To kind of provide a personal story. I had a roommate when I was a sophomore in college, and she was a Gemini, and that's as much as I knew about her, you know, in terms of astrology. And so she was always gone. I mean, she was in sorority, and so, I mean, there was a reason why she was always gone. But, like, I've never seen her, right? And she was always on the move, always doing something. And that following year, I met with our other roommate, who was a Virgo. And they, t- the, the, both of them were roommates. So they knew each other pretty well. They were both in sororities, and, like, they had, I mean, what seemed to be a tight relationship. And she hasn't seen her in three months at the time where I, like, met her. It was in the Starbucks line. And she found out that, you know, she, our, the Gemini roommate, was in another country and found this out through Snapchat. And I'm like, this is so Gemini. You know, they're always wanting to, you know, to move somewhere and go somewhere fresh. That's sort of that mutable energy kind of kicking in. So given that, you know, Gemini is both air and mutable, there really is no act of committing, right? And this is, I don't want to say that Geminis are prone to cheating, that's not what I'm insinuating. We're going to get into that later. But, you know, unlike other air signs, like Libra and Aquarius, you know, there is commitment for those two signs. Libra's commitment is to partnerships, to social networks, and sort of the mediation of those networks. And then Aquarius' commitment is to the collective. And so Gemini being a personal sign, and when I say personal sign, I mean the first quadrant of the zodiac wheel. So there's 12 signs, and... Th- Three are placed within each quadrant, each four quadrant, right? And so personal signs are very self-centric. And so they really can't commit or think outside themselves. And that's kind of, we can see that in Gemini, right? So they're like a child. And so despite being dependent on interaction, these interactions that Gemini has are not as complex as Libra and Aquarius, right? These interactions are to fulfill their curiosity and gain security of its environment by really knowing its environment so it's all about that stimuli it needs stimuli through communication whereas Taurus its stimuli is through touching through tangibility senses Aries it's it's stimuli is very much um kind of focused on spontaneity through conflict and fighting and so yeah and this is where you know going back to that point of Gemini having to know its environment this is where we kind of get into Gemini being very gossipy and also really nosy because they just they're like sponges when it comes to knowledge they like to absorb current events so things like the news pop culture and media related topics and much of their knowledge is kind of concerned with little things so rather than kind of knowing about these higher concepts you know that's found in Sagittarius energy the Gemini They tend to be, you know, concerned with little details. So they tend to be experts in trivia or like knowing miscellaneous facts. Like knowing how much liters are in a gallon type thing. Um, And Gemini is also, you know, it's formally defined as a sign of the twins. This is where we're getting into that sort of energy that Gemini possesses. So within Gemini individuals, there exists a dual consciousness Right? So that may even allow the Gemini to hold two review viewpoints at the same time. And that can be very frustrating to a lot of people. Right? Gemini is also revered as the sign of the multiple. So there may be even multiple existing energies within the Gemini. And so almost like fragments of their self-identity that can be projected into different personas. So why is that? Well... Gemini is all about contact, right? Communicative contact. And that's how it is stimulated and that's how it grounds itself into communities. But it's personal sign nature that really doesn't allow them to pick up on social cues or kind of think outside themselves. So getting back into that original point about Gemini kind of being concerned within the first quadrant, a lot of those signs are not very good at picking up on social cues and really kind of thinking in a larger based view. So the Gemini uses interactions with others to help actualize themselves, to help piece their identity. Taurus and Aries are also big, you know, offenders of this crime as well. And so, you know, it's all about helping realizing who they are, to settle their identity somewhere. And so, whenever Gemini is talking to someone, it's always extracting the person's mannerisms, right? The way that they talk, their gestures, you know, as a means to help realize their own. And this is always changing. So as a Gemini becomes equated with in new groups and relationships, there's something always, there's a shift, right? There's a new extraction. However, too much of this fragmentation is not very good. And so why is that? Well, one thing that we know is that Gemini, you know, having too much fragmentation can lose sight of itself. So often you might see, you know, when you think of people who have, manifested Gemini energy in their chart so whether it's duplications or if it's Selems or like significant Gemini placements and when I say significant I think you know I'm referring to when you have a placement in your chart whether it's a sun or a moon or something luminary or you know a Venus or something one of the personal planets is in a very significant degree and so in I think with mutable energy significant Gemini placements would either be in the fourth or 17th degree i believe um kanye west very well I, I, is actually a good example of gemini energy has his son i think in the 17th degree of gemini so he's his energy as a gemini is very significant and because it's in a luminary it's even stronger and so it comes out really really powerful um so yeah like, like i said um People with, the, with that much Gemini energy often undergo some type of identity crisis in their life. And those are the Gemini midheaven. So if you have Gemini in your 10th house, you may undergo some form of this crisis in the higher stages of your life. So right around the time of adulthood, right around the time of career. And so this crisis is going to center in on your intentions of self-expression because the those first couple of signs are really focused on identity. They're really focused on expressing those talents, right? And so it's going to be focused on how you perceive yourself internally and externally. And this is going to require thinking. It's actually going to require isolation as well. And so, you know, you kind of need to pull yourself back and to kind of look at yourself objectively without the reliance of, you know, that people orientation. And... Overall, this is going to be a time to define and keep commitments because this childlike quality of Gemini is caught in a house all focused on responsibility and adult duties. And your goal is to kind of become more committed, right? To become more adult-like, especially when you com- become older because that's when a lot of things decide to go haywire. And so it's essential to not fall back onto healthy mechanisms, right during that period of fragmentation where you are confused and not really sure of how to place yourself in the world all right and so when I say on healthy when I say unhealthy mechanisms or coping mechanisms I'm talking about things that you don't want to get yourself involved involved with so like alcoholism and you know drug use and all those types of things it's important to kind of stay healthy and maintain wellness right and so you know and also remember despite gemini being very expressive and in your face it's signifying the lower part of the wheel so it's very invisible and private right that thing that we call thinking is very private our ideas are our own and so much of that energy we have to kind of figure it out ourselves and sometimes overthinking can result in restlessness and anxiousness especially since gemini is all about the nerves it rules the nervous system and so take breaks allow your mind to exhaust and let out some and let out some steam, all right? It also rules breathing. So Gemini, when it comes to wellness, it's maintained through clarity, particularly the clarity of the mind. And so you're probably thinking like, okay, well, that's very just bland advice. What am I supposed to do? Or And so my advice would be is to journal some form of like a personal diary when you can put your thoughts onto paper. And this is also essential to those that have a Gemini moon, really kind of using communication through words or speaking is going to is gonna help, you know, maintain wellness, right? And so, Gemini, you are clever with your words, so take advantage of it. Also, please sleep, right? Because you're so energized and you're constantly thinking that it can sometimes be hard to unwind and kind of fall into a deep sleep. So advice would definitely be to kind of do calming practices before bed. You know, get yourself into some mediation, or meditation, I mean, and filling your room with sense always helps, you know, kind of falling asleep, because it, it's very soothing and calming and sort of de-stresses you, and so um, that's going to be really important to kind of clear your mind, because you're always stressed, you're always thinking about something, you're wanting to do something the next day, and so taking naps is not going to cut it, right? It's just going to clog your head more, so try and try to get at least six to seven hours of sleep. I know that we're not all perfect to get eight hours or more. But I think having a sufficient like a sufficient time to really relax is going to be it's gonna be a good thing for you. And the ultimate goal for all Geminis is to take notes of its opposite sign, Sagittarius. So and that's the goal for all of this opposition. There's something that, you know. The existence of our opposite often tell us what we are missing and things that we should be working on. So Gemini, you are a great speaker and you're concerned of your immediate surroundings, but the goal is to branch and to think outward. Tap into the higher mind, research, become a scholar, really put that use of knowledge into something effective that has purpose. But I think most importantly is to kind of live without judgment. So your self-centered nature can make that quite difficult right? But sometimes um, your mission is to sort of develop a higher consciousness. So don't lose sight of your younger childlike self. That is important, all right? Even though that you're kind of maintaining this adult responsibility and that you're really kind of tapping into, you know, a higher mindset, it's important to not lose that younger and childlike self. That's what you're good at. So don't lose the positive, right? So be joyful, humorous, and also blunt, you know, Gemini has no commitment. So it kind of fares off well with telling people how they, you know, when it comes to opinions and voicing an opinion, especially when everyone else in the room is too afraid to do so. So it's integral that you link your higher self with your younger self and to bring those joys into the collective and continue for the seeking of knowledge, right? Because again, That axis that's being formed between Sagittarius and Gemini is all about knowledge, but in different areas. And so it's important to kind of take notes from the opposite sign, so you can help that with your journey of wholeness, right? So Gemini season, and this is the second part of getting into, you know, what lessons should we be extracting, right? So Gemini season is all about the season of creating, creation through thought and communication. And this is the time, if you're a writer, to really kind of get your juices flowing. And this is also maybe a time to let go of obligations. This is the summer. And so letting go of obligations and kind of going with the flow is sort of a central theme. It's time to be playful, to ask questions and pitch new ideas that can can develop into something more. I'm sorry. I'm so bad when it comes to really talking clearly. So that new moon that we had in Taurus... That's going to help us to promote creativity. So we already spent time thinking about what factors are limiting our growth. And so this season is going to help us move out of our shell and take chances. right? And so make sure to stay motivated because there's not going to be any fire energy in the chart except for the moon for a long time. So it's important to keep that passion alive within ourselves and to really fight for what we believe in. So I hope everyone has a wonderful Gemini season. I know I am. It's a really great time for music. And I think Gemini, because they're so really skilled at wordplay. Okay, sorry, I got a text message. Since they're so really, they're really skilled at wordplay, a lot of famous musicians or um, rappers and songstresses tend to be Gemini. Right? So there's going to be a lot of creativity surrounding around those themes. So if you have any recommendations of a topic that you want me to cover for next week, um, just let me know either by email or um, leave me an anon in my curious cat, which I think is on my profile. You should probably find it really easy. I'm answering questions all the time. So yeah, thank you for watching and I will see you again next week.